in the city, I think getting to know some street trees would be also a good way of connecting with nature. There's always trees in every street. It doesn't have to be in the forest, but you can, of course, go to the park or places where there are greens. The other thing is that I re- encourage people to have a pot of green plant at home and looking after plants gives you a connection with that plant. The other way is to have a picture of green forest or trees or nature at home in your room and looking at them for a while. Welcome to the Virgin Active Minds podcast by Virgin Active where we dive deep into conversations with the best and the brightest minds in the health and well-being world. If you've got questions about health, exercise, or any dimension of well-being, we've got the answers one expert at a time. I'm Mark Sito, your host, because I love all things well-being, from exercise, work, relationships, and going deep inside our minds. I'm here to explore it all with you. This is what they came for. Welcome to part two of our chat with Mayu Takaoka, we're chatting about forest bathing, Shinrin-yoku. Now, if you haven't had a listen to part one yet, then I would recommend jumping back a week, take a listen to part one first, and then rejoin us here for part two. Otherwise, if you're ready for part two, here we are. Enjoy. Now, you've just mentioned our the sense of smell and the connection to that. Yes. Um, Shinrin-yoku is sense-based, right? Like we, we practice via our senses. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about the way that our senses help us to connect with nature? Yeah. Um, with the, the practice of uh, Shinrin-yoku, uh, we use, of course, all of um, five senses. The Shinrin-yoku walk is designed and programmed to tune our senses by um, following a set of sequence of sensory practices. Uh, For example, one of the practice called tuning our senses, which start with a gentle body movement, such as uh, stretching or gentle tai chi movements or qigong breathing to relax your body. So when we can, our body is relaxed, we can focus better. Then we start focusing on our sense of hearing, um, sense of touch, sense of smell, and sense of taste by following a different movement, touching your skin, feeling the temperature, or feeling the breeze while we closed our eyes. So having these practices in nature is beneficial because of its environmental elements, such as clear and fresh air and no man-made noise around you so you can focus better. And by having that tuning the senses first, before we go into the forest, you can see more you can smell more, you can feel more. Right, okay. And do you find that, you know, when you take your groups out, and especially for those people that may not spend a lot of time in nature uh, normally, do you find that most people have uh, innate connection to nature? Like, do you think it's part of being human that naturally when we're out there, we tend to all enjoy this practice? Yeah, I think so. Um, Of course, it's 
some some find it hard to um, do stretching or breathing exercise because they are not used to it. But at the end of that, tuning the senses, when you finally open eyes and see what's around you, it makes you feel so content and so like so calm and happy that we are standing in the middle of the forest surrounded by beautiful trees and we are nothing different from them. We are just part of them. So that tiny awareness makes them feel already relaxing their mind and body. Okay. So that is the message. No matter how you might think about nature right now, it's more than likely that if you get out there and and give this practice a go, that you're probably not going to regret it. And I, I think naturally, right? Like how often do you hear people say, I really regret going camp, going camping or going to the beach or being in amongst trees or going for a walk in the park. It's pretty rare that people kind of regret that, right? It is. Yeah. Now you live in Sydney, uh, Mm -hmm. biggest city in Australia. And of course, naturally for us in Sydney, you know, we are, the city is surrounded by beautiful place and, you know, natural places. Um, but for those living in the city, and where it might not be as easy to get out in nature as often as people would like. Can Shinrin-yoku be practiced in the city? Yes, absolutely. Um, in the city, I think getting to know some street trees would be also a good way of connecting with nature. There's always trees in every street. Um, it doesn't have to be in the forest, but you can, of course, go to the park or places where there are greens. The other thing is that I re- encourage people to have a pot of green plant at home. And looking after plants gives you a connection with that plant. Uh, the other way is to have a picture of green forest or trees or nature at home in your room and looking at them for a while. As we talked about before, looking at the green colors, connecting your sense of smell. So probably you can visualize what the smell like in the forest picture that you're seeing and use your imagination or you can meditate it in front of the picture as if you were surrounded by that environment. Hmm. So even the sense of imagining yourself in a forest environment. And I guess we spoke about that in regards to the color green already and using the color green, but um, even sitting at home in your apartment, yeah, imagining yourself out in the forest um, can still have similar effects as what Shinrin-yoku does. Okay. And of course, maybe um, get to know some trees and plant around your place. If you live in an apartment or tall buildings, when you go down on a street, there's always a plant and trees. Um, so they change seasonally, I think, you know, when the leaves falling down in autumn. and But when the leaves falling, you know, they provide more light on the trees. In summer, it covers with green leaves that gives you a shade. I think like we have a personality I think tree has also has some kind of tree sonality. <laughs> Every tree has a different and maybe it's a good way to find out <laughs> each tree sonality. 
and get to know about them also makes you a bit of connection with them. I love that term. Did you just coin that term yourself? The tree sonality? I really, yeah, I just did it. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> I love that. I think there's a new practice right there. Tree sonality. It's um, <laughs> discovering the personality of the trees around you. I think that's, that's amazing. That's a really good idea. <laughs> and I agree, right? Like I'm surround myself with plants. I've always loved growing house plants and I feel like, you know, I spend a lot of time and I'm sure some people are probably going to be rolling their eyes at me right now, but I do spend a lot of time with my plants and looking after my plants and talking to them. And I do feel like there's a sense of tree sonality between each of my plants. So, um, yeah, I, I love that term. So would you recommend that we do try this every day? Do you think it's, you know, the benefits are worth it, even if it's a short period on a busy street within a big city? I think so. I think um, human beings are made to move and walk outside anyway. So having a contact with those nature, even for five, ten minutes, I think it's very important mm. for all of us. And is there something specifically about trees and green? What about, you know, for those that might go for a walk, you know, towards a lake or the ocean? Do you find that that has a similar effect? Absolutely. Some people are more related to water or ocean, the beaches. Some people are more related to nature. But it's both nature. So watching a water flow makes your mind really calmer. Um, the surface of the water, watching the ripples of water, um, just to give you a sense of flowing things that gives you more uh, calming effect in your mind. And of course, the color of the blue is totally different from the color of green in the forest, but blue is also the color of the sky. So it doesn't matter you were with you know, in a water environment like lake or beaches or near the river or in the forest, we're getting the uh, same effect. It's just exposing yourself into the nature. That's the key. That's key. That is the takeaway, the take home message. Get out in nature, no matter how grand or how small that piece of nature might be. I see on your website, you talk about nature as a she. Mm-hmm personified with thoughts, emotions, and purpose. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that and why it's so important to think about nature in this way? Yeah, certainly. Um, as we call the earth as mother earth, um, as we call nature as mother nature, uh, and somehow nature is uh, representative of giving birth forever and ever. So as long as there are trees, they will provide us an oxygen unlimitedly. Uh, nature is our home and where we belong to. Uh, nature and we are one, and I think nature and we are the same. So um, that's my way of thinking why it is important that we look at nature in this distinctive way. Mm. And that's often when you think about Indigenous cultures, that is, you know, that is a common, often, I'm, I'm not talking for all Indigenous cultures, but for a lot of Indigenous cultures, often 
mother earth, that sense of home, that sense of being part of nature, you know, that's a common thread that runs through a lot of indigenous cultures. And I think in our Western culture, we've lost that to an extent. And we, we don't often see nature as part of us and us part of nature. We often see ourselves as quite distinct and distant. Um, so I love that Shinrin Yoku kind of brings this element back, no matter, no matter your culture and no matter who you are, no matter where you live. Um, it's, it's helping to rebuild that connection with our true and only home. Mm -hmm. What has Shinrin Yoku done for you in, especially in regards to your own personal well-being? What has this practice given you? Um, I think I've been practicing Shinrin Yoku since I was a child, like same as you, um, without knowing that the word of Shinrin Yoku anyway. My grandfather was a great big son and he was always in garden looking after the plant. And I was following him, him around. And my, my parents loved taking me and my brother to the mountains and catching insects and finding a mountain food. And I always up on trees in the park in my backyard. So I think this childhood experience naturally gave me an idea of being in nature makes me feel good. So Shinrin-yoku has been always in my life. And the practice of Shinrin-yoku gave me a great awareness of how important to understand the relationship between human and nature. It's been helping me to manage emotions as well. When I feel stressed, I know I will feel better in nature or just looking up trees. So I know what makes me feel calmer and relaxed to balance my well-being and give me a mind of um, more kindness to caring oneself and nature. I absolutely hear you. Mm. Um I felt the same ever since I was a young kid, always felt very at home and comforted in nature. And that's been something that's been the most consistent thing, uh, in alongside running, <laughs> it's been the most consistent thing in my, across my, across my whole life. Yeah. It's a fantastic practice. And I think I still need for me to develop a little bit more in regards to slowing down. Um, I think sometimes I can still be in nature, but busy myself. So I think there's still an element of it's not just being out amongst trees, but it's really, you know, taking this practice to, to, to its depths, you know, and really connecting with all five of your senses. I think that's where the most benefit comes from. You know, that's where we, even if it is only five minutes out there, you know, that's where most benefit will come from. If we can truly immerse ourselves fully um, within, even if it is just a short time. Um, what do you think people stand to lose if, if they're not getting out in nature, if they're not taking this time to connect with the greenery around them or, you know, understanding the tree sonality um, of all of the trees in your street? What do you, what do you think people stand to lose? Um, there is a saying that nature can exist without us. Um, but we can't exist without nature. 
So most of the time, it is the nature that we crave for when we feel stress in life. Uh, if we don't get out to in, in nature, uh, think we will lose our balance in emotionally and physically. So to live as a human being, we all need to be in nature, spend more time in nature and connect with it. Because I believe that connecting nature means that connecting oneself as well. Yeah, of course. I love that saying, nature will go on without us regardless, but we cannot go on without nature. Um, for, for those people that are brand new to forest bathing, so they've, ne they've never heard about it, potentially, you know, don't make time currently to get out in nature. What would be your recommendations for someone that's just getting started? Okay. Um, start with uh, walking slowly. <laughs> um, I know it sounds weird, but as I mentioned that in earlier, the, the most of people find it hard to walk slow as we are so used to move fast from here to there. And so does our mind. So take a walk in a park, but very slowly. And once you slow down, you will start noticing something that you haven't seen before. And that's always happening in my nature photography as well. So when you discover something new in a familiar place, that's the start of building a connection with nature and surroundings. So you will be amazed how much you didn't know or how much you haven't realized that before. And also you can pick up one of the five senses to start with. For example, focus on sounds, um, sounds in distance, sounds nearby, and start discovering or mapping the different sounds around you. So these sounds come from my right side, the other noise come from my behind, left diagonal, such and such. So you can only do this, but you can only do this, I think, when you slow down. So the, the shift, the focus on smell, vision, to notice the different colors or texture of the trees, and plants and flowers, then touch and feel the texture, or you can just simply sit down on the spot you like and be there like we all did in a childhood. So the connection will come to you rather than you are having to seek it. That's beautiful. So put yourself out there slow down, become aware of your senses, and the connection will find you. When you take your groups out, this is what you're focused on, right? Like helping to lead and guide? Normally, so when I ask people to, let's walk into the forest, but I say, follow your feet or follow your curiosity. Don't try to seek and, you know, towards to it. Your body probably knows what you are drawn by or what is drawing you. We, we always think too much in the head, but our body instantly synchronizes with the pace of the nature when, you, when we slow down. That's so interesting you say that again. I'm making parallels to yoga and often... Well, what, what we're often te talking or teaching to is the practice of surrender, letting go, you know, not trying to force your body or your mind or your breath into a certain 
a certain way or a certain energy. It's kind of just uh, be conscious of what's here and now without the force, without the drive, without the sometimes without the purpose. Mm. It's almost just a letting go. And and it sounds like that's exactly that's also part of Shinrin Yoku is you know just being conscious and aware of of what's here naturally. Yes. And allow nature to just do its thing. And I think that that's a good reminder that we are part of nature. And that's part of that letting go is allowing your own natural body to slow slow down to the rhythms of nature. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think that I think there's something here, Mayu. Yoga, forest bathing. There's there's something. A lot of connections. Yeah, there's a lot of connections. Um, now you mentioned at the start you are a certified forest therapy guide. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you you know how you got that certification and and what does it take to become a certified forest therapy guide? I took a forest therapy guide training that. INFTA, I-N-F-T-A, um, International Nature and Forest Therapy Alliance, conducts nationally and internationally. Um, training is delivered through related theoretical and practical components. Um, practical component is a face-to-face learning to develop the required uh, practical skills and competencies and that was um, intense period of training in nature. The theoretical component consists online, specific projects and uh, reviewing many papers, many scientific papers about um, benefit of Shinrin-yoku, how it's been testing, how it's been conducting, which result we are getting. So when successfully finished all components you became a certified as a forest therapy guide. And how long did that training take? The face-to-face training in the nature on, on site is five days and uh, other um, online training goes six to seven months. So a fair commitment. I'm just asking for myself personally. I, ah. I, feel, <laughs> I feel like that would be an, an awesome certification to have. I think it would be great, yeah. Speaks to me very clearly. Um, Mayu, it's been so lovely talking to you. Um, I've got a question for you that we ask all of our guests at the end. Um, what do you want more than anything else in this life? A peaceful and joyful life with good health, um, a balanced world with a mind of kindness and caring uh, to each other, and of course to nature, and of course to spread the benefit of um, Shinrin-yoku like a um, ripple to as many people as possible, um, helping to provide a positive impact on everyone I meet. Beautiful. What a... Amazing vision, and thank you so much for sharing it. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, where can people find you? I'm sure there's going to be people out there that want to um, dive a little deeper into Shinrin-yoku. Um, mm-hmm. Where can they find you? They can find me on my website, um, www.forestminds.com, uh, or you can go to New South Wales National Park's website, and um, search under Lank of National Park where you can find my regular forest therapy walk in there. 
Fantastic. Well, guys, we'll make sure that we have uh, those links in the show notes so you can connect with Mayu. And if you're in Sydney, then definitely book into a session. Go and learn how to be mindful and slow down while in nature. Um, And these are skills that we can take for the rest of our lives, right? Like this is something we can learn today. Absolutely. You know, with uh, that, that we can take with us no matter where we are, no matter where we go. Mayu, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much, Mark. And I will see you out on the trails soon. Okay, see you in the forest. Thanks so much for pressing play today. I hope you've enjoyed this chat with Mayu and I. Let's take these learnings and schedule a little bit of green time every single day rain, hail, or shine. That might be sitting with your favorite house plant for just five minutes. Not only will that help to bring you back to center, but I know your plant will love it too. If you're loving this podcast, then tell a friend, give us a rating, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.